Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Runers by Let's Get Kraken Games. Mark and Sean, please introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are and what do you do? Hi, I'm Mark. I'm a software developer in real world. Otherwise, I'm my on-the-side indie developer currently working on Runers, as you said already. And I am Sean Kioski. I am also working on Runers. have a software developer position and working on Runers with Mark. Cool. Is it just the two of you? Yes. Okay. Uh, so you did everything? Well, we had a composer make music and we had an artist for the art. But uh, okay. We are the leads of the uh, design and the coding. Okay. So... How did you make your start? Is this your first title in, in video game land? I mean, you know you say you're both working software development, but uh, is this your first video game creation, or have you done other things? This is what? my first... Uh, this is our first video game we're putting out to people. We've both made other games on the side. Sean's made more than I. But right. a lot of those we never put out to a lot of people, mostly just friends. Yeah, it's like making... You know, growing up liking software and games, you just you make them now and then. And it's like calculator games in high school and then make some games throughout college. And now we're finally out of college and starting to use that experience to our advantage. And to actually make a game out of that's, that's cool. Um, so from that, what do you think influences you most? when you're making this stuff? I mean, all of you, you said made many games. What was the things that you always return to as, as an inspirational point? For me, it was, growing up, I was always playing Dungeons & Dragons, and I was usually the dungeon master. I enjoyed creating scenarios and stories for people to interact in. And that kind of went along with the games that I liked to play at the time, which were like Icewind Dale or Baldur's Gate, where a lot of it was like, you'd get items, you'd get things, and there's stories behind everything. There's an intricate background to everything and i enjoyed having people delve into that and also the unexpected like you didn't know what you could get in those games back in the day i mean now you have wikis everywhere and all that but yeah i, I must admit i'm a dm myself i'm i've run a fifth edition game about a week ago that was fun um <laughs> but it does intrigue me how players glom onto something that's just not important like just really just don't if there's a DM, you just have to let them go. They're like, yeah. let it, just, just the chest. What's in the chest? Nothing. It's, is there a secret compartment? <sighs> and then you have to go through the whole, you know, inwardly you sigh, like, yeah. <laughs> really, there's nothing to this chest. Move on. But they won't. Bless them. Oh, how about you, Sean? Uh, what was the question again? About influences and what inspires influences. you. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I used to play a lot of the, the classic games. I mean, well, maybe not. I don't know how classic this is, but like Diablo 2, Heroes of Might and Magic 3. I mean, I guess bigger games of maybe the, the late 90s. And I really stuck with those a lot. I mean, I like, I don't know. I felt, I felt like it was before graphics 
almost interfered in some ways. It was really all about the gameplay. And there was, just, like Mark said, there's a lot to do in these games. There's just so much to do. Like I guess I was also a big fan of something like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy on the SNES because those were just, they had so much content. There was so much to do in them. And it's it just, was, yeah. you, could, you could just play them over and over. Always find new stuff in the same story. Yeah, I mean, I did actually manage to get a copy of Chrono Trigger. Uh, they never released it in Europe, you see. I know. Oh. Uh, just what? <laughs> um, they never released it over here. So the only way to play it was to have a special import copy. Um, I don't know if you know this. You probably do, actually. But the SNES in, in Europe is that round, curvy thing. It looks like the Japanese one. Yeah. So the cartridges, US cartridges, just wouldn't fit because they're, they're, they're these square blocky things, aren't they? No offense to yourself, I thought the American snares looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is that? When I first saw it, what is that? You don't like, like our gray box? No, we don't. We like the smooth, <laughs> smooth curvy gray box. Uh, but no, so, but I had to import this thing and jam it in. It just about worked. Um, and yeah, I have to cannot agree with you more. With current, I mean, you, to, you could paint Trek the train pets to all little demon creatures to fight each other. It was bizarre. It's so many layers to those games. It was, and considering how little memory they had available, it was quite astonishing what they managed to squeeze in. How much content? I don't know how they did it, but <laughs> magic, I guess. So we're talking. I oh know it's not. It's not magic. I'm kidding. But uh, I, I'm not a software engineer, so I had no idea. Um, but what I'm getting from you is you definitely. Um, getting um, inspiration from, of course, your past and the games you played the most. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me from the time I spent from Runas is that there's lots of stuff to pick up that affects things in a little tiny way. <laughs> or not, as the case may be. Um, so we'll talk about that later. And um, the intricacy, that level of, that layered nature of the, of the game um, speaks volumes about what, what actually um, the games you've played in the past like you mentioned that Neverwinter uh, no, not Neverwinter Nights although that is a good game too um, it was Icewind Dale uh, yeah. and uh, Baldur's Gate I actually prefer Baldur's Gate to Icewind Dale because the Icewind Dale as lovely as that environment was the, there was no bickering between the players I never yeah. remember if was. you played Baldur's Gate you played it for the story and interactions Icewind Dale was a lot more just battles it was it was just like just kill everything uh, and of course uh, Diablo which is the quest of truth justice and better stuff not in that order um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. um, it is uh, that's why I play I mean I still play Diablo 3 with uh, a friend of mine it was, we do it on Twitch and stuff and we just make silly comments about what's going on and we don't even do the main adventure we just do you know the other mode the adventuring mode which is just yeah. killing things and getting stuff uh, it's getting so ridiculous now that our players actually this kaleidoscope of of colours. You can't even. I don't even. It's like, can I? Is everything dead? I don't know. Keep firing. Because <laughs> I'm playing this wizard. Keep firing. Um, so, anyway. So, moving on from influences, this is a related sort of topic. Who do you most admire in the video game industry? Could be a person. Um, could be a company. Could be both. I have, a, I have a few nowadays. A lot of the ones that I really look up to now are like the small indie developers who made a game that just they wanted to make, and it made it big. I mean, if you look at like Team Meat, so Edmund McMillan and Thomas, 
Yes. Tommy. So you got like Super Meat Boy, Binding of Isaac. All those are just great games. They're simple, but you can play them over and over. That's the trick, isn't it? Um, you're right. It, it's quite inspiring to see those people just come up with this one idea and then build upon it and not throw too much at it to the point where it becomes impenetrable. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing you want to do is make a game for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's a trick, you know. It's um, you may be you may love games, and the best developers are fans of video games, I believe, um, who play other things. But you know, it's uh, if it becomes to a point where it becomes impenetrable, unless you are the, you know, the significant other of the of the of the developer, <laughs> it's it's of little use to you, so, yeah. or little use to anyone, or entertainment value. What about you, Sean? What do you think? Anyone? Uh, I think, uh, well, nowadays I like personally. I like flam beer a lot. I mean, I they every what uh, like Tuesday and Thursday or something they stream development of their new game, and I mean it's just so cool to see how they they're like interacting with the community. You can see how the game's made, and it's just it's such a great interaction. And you really you can't get that from bigger studios. It's, it's definitely one of these indie things where you can really. You know, you get in with the people. It's all about the people. That's what everything is. Yes. Uh, I've hit Rami. He's a lovely man. Uh, and uh, I think Ridiculous Fishing was a work of genius, even though it is ridiculous. Uh, Rousers was just sublime. Um, love that game. And of course, now we've got Nuclear Throne knocking around. So, yes, well, well chosen there, both of you. Good stuff. So... This is my last question about yourselves, and it's my favourite question, because it gives me a hint, at least I think it's not true, uh, that <laughs> what you're working on next, because it doesn't, it doesn't, but I like to think it does, because you might give me a clue. You won't, of course, because <laughs> um, you know, it's too valuable to do so. But I'm sure you're working on something else, because most developers are always working on three or four things at the same time, which is great. Um, what are you playing right now? Currently, don't, don't say rumors, please. It'll be really <laughs> Currently, right now, like I'm kind of, I have to find games that I can squeeze into what time I have. So I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone and a lot of Magic: The Gathering online. Is that a new one, a 2015 one? No, I've been the oh uh, the online game, the yes. online one. Yep. Okay. I've, I've never really got onto Magic. Uh, I've struggled with it. Um, I'm not it's... really a good. I'm very much a reactive player when I play board games, oh. generally, which means that it, 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 that way of thinking doesn't really lend itself to magic. Am I wrong? Yeah, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. Like, I like limited, so I like playing drafts. I don't like building my own deck and bringing it to the table. Right. Because if I do that, I'll like, oh, I want to make a deck full of elves. Well, it's like, well, that deck's not going to win. <laughs> You're going to lose. <laughs> I hear this a lot. People go, oh, well, I want to theme it around Dwarf. Why, 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 why are you doing Well, that? I mean, you can, but it's, you know, you got to build certain things. And where it's limited, you're given, like, here's your options. Pick what you want and then do what you can with it. And I feel I fit a lot better into that kind of play style for it. So you, you're familiar with the game mechanics, yep. uh, the core mechanics of it. I understand mechanics to a point. <laughs> it's just my mass brain really falters with these combo <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not just magic. It's every board game I have. Like, how did he exploit that? I didn't see that loophole. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that 
point-making machine he was developing. How did you do that? I just like I just wanted to put a little piggy in the middle of the style or something. You know, talking talk about Agricola there, like, oh yeah, that looks great. But he's just made a mind. You know, I don't understand. Um, I'm not stupid. It's just the way our brain works. It's like, nope, I can't see. I can't see the, can't read the boards and the cards. So I'll just go. You know what? This this little combo would be really fun to play. Whether it would actually do any good or not, I don't know. <laughs> um, but with Hearthstone, I'd get on with a lot better because it's based on the Warcraft CCG. Did you ever yep. play that? I played a little bit, not a lot. It's really good. Yep. Uh, we now know um, because it, it's not as it's more transparent. Yep. The mechanics are much more transparent. You can very easily see. Oh, if I do this and this, then that, I will hit him for 173 points. <laughs> and I wish I was joking. That's, that's actually not myself, but someone did a screenshot like 143 hit points dead. Like, <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't defend yourself against that. Um, have you tried the single player stuff in Hearthstone at all? I've played the first two wings. Right. I haven't played past that yet. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's really it's really fun. I'm not finding it terribly difficult, but on one level, that's a good thing. Like, I don't want to have to struggle too much with this, especially for a game like Hearthstone, where I just want to I just want to play. Yeah, and it is so beautiful too. Yeah, how much money have you put into it? Zero. I haven't Zero. Put <laughs> it it just makes you feel like I don't seem to. Because if I if I start putting money into it, I'm not going to stop. That's right. <laughs> Okay, sure. What about you? What are you? What's occupying your time when you, you know, relaxing and stuff? Answer that carefully. <laughs> uh, my top two would have to be uh, D- Dota two and Hearthstone as well. Dota? I mean, like the Dota two. You're a Dota player. Yes, I am a longtime Dota player ever since the Warcraft three days. Oh, oh, oh wow. Because I loved Warcraft 3. I actually finished that. It's one of the few RTS games I actually finished. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I tried MOBAs, and I find it many, many MOBAs, some of which you've probably never heard of, because there are loads out there, believe it or not. Yeah. As you know, you yes, there are lots. <laughs> and I'm actually in the middle of like preparing a feature on, on this very phenomenon. Because it does strike me as like, Aren't you just doing the same game over and over again? And there might be a bit of that going on. I don't think Smite suffers from that too much because of its viewpoint and the speed. But there are others. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what intrigues me, what, what frustrates me about the mobile um, genre, uh, and it is a genre now, um, is your overwhelm of information. That's what really bothers me about it. Oh, look, I've got this shop front. I can buy all this stuff. But I've got about 20 nanoseconds to make a decision before I realize I'm actually causing a problem to the rest of the team. (laughs) How how do you overcome? That's that's my real sticking point with MOBAs, really, Sean. What's your your thoughts on that? Am I being a bit stupid there? Or is it just uh, how did you overcome? No, you are entirely right. (laughs) I mean, the trick... (laughs) The trick for me was to start, you know, when it started, when everyone was clueless, so I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't stand out. I mean, nowadays, I can imagine it's really, really tough to pick up Dota or League of Legends or, you know, anything. Yeah. And it's, 
there's just way too much information. And I only get by because, I mean, I've played it for so long. And it, it adapts from, uh, like, Dota to, you know, another one. Like, I've, I played Smite for a, a brief time, and it wasn't terribly hard to pick up. I mean, it is different, obviously. But, I mean, I understood, like, the shopping and, you know, management and all those things just from my Dota experience. Yeah, I've played so many. Um, I know the mechanic, but I'm just thinking, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and this, 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 as a, you as a designer must look back and go objectively and go, there's got to be a more sensible way than this. Because for your character to level up from nothing to 20 or whatever it is towards the end of the match, you have 45 minutes to encompass what normally you'd learn over a period of hours, maybe even days if it's an MMO to your character. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Your character class and abilities morph over time. And that normally happens over periods of weeks for an MMO, maybe even months. Whereas for a Dota or a MOBA, it's minutes. <laughs> that's yeah, that's but, part of the beauty of it, really. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, Valve has made some improvements to that, though. Like, they have a guide system in Dota 2 now, so you can say, hey, give me a guide to this hero. And it... it in a way, it gives you like dumb, or not dumb, but straightforward things to do, like buy these items, select these skills. So it kind of helps you just pick things without choosing. And then I guess you can learn about them as you go on. You know, why did I pick that? Then you can think about that later. Yeah. I, and so go, yeah, don't do that again. Or maybe do that when you want to do something else. <laughs> I understand all the case, and I can put it to a point. I understand them from a you know objective point of view, but for actually understand them with a capital U that's possibly glowing. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> so, yeah. um, just what, before we go on to talk about Runas, just want to share. So you, you, your, your developer's name, lovely name, was Let's Get Kraken Games. Yep. Fantastic. And now, there's a board game I play called Cyclades. Have you heard of it? What is it? Cyclades. No. Yeah, nope. it's, it's, a, it's a collection of... This, um, it's a collection of uh, islands in the Mediterranean, but it's set in ancient Greece. And your various nations that occupy these islands, and you can summon powers of the gods to favour you. And one of them is the Kraken arrives. And you can actually summon the Kraken in the game, which eats your opponent's ships. Huh. That's what they move. do best, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As, as Krakens do. And it roves around the board randomly. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Why have you summoned this thing? Now it's just causing mayhem. No one can win. Go you. <laughs> and I said, no, the Krakens won. <laughs> so, That's yeah. Right. <laughs> it's damn straight. So, thanks so much for giving the introduction to yourselves. Let's move on to the second half of the show where we talk about rulers.
So, give us the pitch. Sorry to, to throw this at you, but this is the first question about the game that I normally ask people about. Just, just tell us about you. Well, rather than me trying to describe it, you yell at me, going, "No, no, no, Chris, you tell me." <laughs> well, Runers is. Let's hear the the one sentence is it's a roguelike top-down dungeon shooter that has a lot of emphasis on collecting things and creating spells and customizing your spells. So yeah, the big thing is as you're collecting these runes, which you, you're not really in control of what drops, but once you get them, you can control what you do with them. You're collecting these runes and you combine them. And now you can combine one, two, or three runes together to make a spell. So that equals 285 different spells that you can make. So the big part of it, for me at least, was the discovery period of like, so you get a fire and an air rune. What do you get when you combine that? And as you play over and over, you keep getting that experience of like, ooh, I wonder what I combine, what I get when I combine these runes, or when I combine these runes. And it is and, an ex- yeah, carry on. So it's an exploration game, though, isn't it? As well. Yeah. Yep. So as you go, so you start off in a dungeon, and as you get further down into the dungeon, you start facing harder enemies and bosses, and then there's also puzzles and stuff like that. But the, it's all completely randomized. So each run will be different. I mean, once you get to the third floor, you'll fight a boss. You don't know which boss you're going to face. You don't know anything about that until you get to him. So that's the other big thing is that we didn't want to, you want, we wanted to make so people can play over and over and not have the same experience. So every run will be different. And it has a very unique graphical style, isn't it? It has this, I mean, your player is teeny tiny. <laughs> I mean, how many pixels is he? Uh, it's, it's like 20-something. It's about 20-something. <laughs> Almost 30, right? Yeah. I think something like that. He whizzes around. I mean, I got a spell, well, an, uh, a buff that had me hovering above the ground ever so slightly. And I was just like whizzing around the map. It was ridiculous. Really funny. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite buffs, that is. Like, this is not going to help me any, but this is hilarious. And that, um, that was actually a design thing from... We that's had a couple iterations really because I think we started off we were zoom the camera wasn't following you it was a static camera when we first started right and it kind of evolved into this camera that follows you around to kind of make it like the one you're playing you're doing this and everything and you've got this glow around you that emits light yep yep there's the lighting engine it was kind of we wanted to make so. It was dark, but not too dark you couldn't see. And then everything gives off lights to help you pinpoint. Then it also becomes a mechanic later that we can use. So, the second question, because no, there, there is minor observations. Formal question, the second formal question is, um, I noticed like these, you had these runes that create spells. And these various runes, there's mind, there's water, um, entropy, all sorts yep. of stuff. How did that come into being? Because it's it's basically taking like a cook, cooking pot and go, well, I've got some of this pasta and some of these peas. Let's <laughs> throw that together. <laughs> no! Okay, this, this, just, or maybe some cheese. What are you doing? But it just do that. So how did, how, was it always there or was it something you added? That was, it was later? one of the first things we designed really and – when we were first designing, there was more than ten. We, I think we had some silly ones like animal and metal, right? And and I think smoke or something like that. But we boiled it down to ten, and it's kind of like 
we obviously included like the core elements, fire, water, earth. And then we wanted like secondary type elements. So you have like mind and speed and entropy. Yes, I like those. The entropy one, I don't know what draws me to it, but I'm just like, what if I put that with fire? Well, don't entropy, you... it just brings crazy things <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> Which is exactly why I like using it. Like, <laughs> this is not going to end well, Chris. Do it anyway. And then like, I'm playing this paladin firing dark magic going, wrong. It's all wrong. <laughs> But uh, paladins are horrible to play anyway, so they deserve it. <laughs> um, all they do is burn kobolds and then tell people they can't do anything. Just rubbish! And scare away undead. Because they're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth killing this guy. Let's go, guys. Uh, we've now heard all those people stop listening now because of all the paladin players. Sorry! So, you know, that's it's true. It's true. Um... <laughs> It is, kind of. but <laughs> Which brings me on to my next question. See, I'm good at segues, although just ruin that by actually identifying it. Um, third question. Exciting. Uh, there are loads of races and class types in the game that you're presented with to the player. What impact does that really have in the overall... Because I've played loads of them, and I've tried to determine... Has that really guided me to a certain path, or I just went, ah, don't worry about this? <laughs> well, tell, we, tell us a bit about that on their influence. Yeah, part of the uh, customizing theme, we wanted to allow players to play to play the game however they want, and hopefully the races and the classes facilitate that. For example, like we have the orc that gives you, or not the orc, the dwarf that gives you increased damage if you're close to an enemy. So, I mean, if you like melee or close range spells. Like Ice Sword, you can pick the dwarf and you can go, you know, close range up in your face type build. But maybe you're the type of person that likes, you know, running and gunning. You can play, you know, you can play the Shade who, you know, fires some bullets automatically so you can get some free hits off as you're going by, guys. I mean, there's really lots of, they, they provide lots of different opportunities for playing how you want to play. For me, the Demon Wizard was hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like yeah, a that's good a combo for me. Yeah, that's another good thing with the roguelikes is you just you pick whatever you want. You want to be a you know a human wizard, or you can be you know an, an orc highwayman. You know you're an orc, but you're stealing stuff. You know, makes sense. That's what they do, isn't it? There's that one particular one in Skyrim who wouldn't leave me alone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it doesn't really alter. I mean, that continues on through the game. As you go deeper and deeper into the dungeons. As you go deeper, the class abilities and your race abilities get stronger, but mostly it's to help facilitate how you want to play. So if you choose, say, a dwarf, like Sean said, you're you're stronger when you're close, but that doesn't mean you have to be close. You can play further away. Right. It just helps you be stronger that way. So a lot of the class abilities, they will help you. They give you abilities that will kind of make so you don't have to choose spells that do those similar things. So if you look at, say, the Highwayman, it'll provide you a poison so you don't have to take something like that. It'll poison a slow. Okay. So the the next question is really asking about the pacing of the game because I find the game rewards players with some patience. They're quite deliberate and... Uh, sort of have some plan for what for a phrase because like you said earlier the game is completely random but there is a 
some limits to the randomization it can develop. So there's a pattern involved. And yet, you've got the patient's level, like some sort of methodical way of working through the, the areas and, and, the, and, the, and the levels. But then suddenly it can turn into a Robotron-like madness <laughs> when you yep. enter a room full of <laughs> monsters. Um, was that always intended, that you'd have this almost on-off sort of deal where one minute you're gently traipsing around empty corridors full of crates that you like blowing up for no apparent reason <laughs> and then eventually you get into a room and it's like oh run 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 <laughs> uh, was that always intended yeah that was something we kind of aimed for is that we wanted there to be some strategy involved in some cases but say you get into a room full of fast moving creatures it's turn it kind of turns the game into almost a bullet hell style thing where you just have to move and react yeah. Whereas if you go into some other rooms, you'll have some people far away shooting stuff at you. You can kind of dodge, give you a little bit to figure out how you want to handle this and what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, there's the one weird creature like the hermit. Like, why yeah. is he running away? <laughs> oh, hang on. He's not even shooting anything. Uh, I'll just kill him. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, until I killed him, I didn't know what he did. Because the other thing about the game, it has a bestiality, doesn't it? A bestiary. Yep, so a bestiary. Beastery. Good <laughs> lord. Where am I going with that? Um, oh. Beastery, yeah. I might it doesn't have that, that. Out later on. No, it doesn't have that. Um, beastery, which then allows you to describe what these creatures do. Yeah. I mean, there's this lovely... I'm not going to give it too much away because you come across them very early in the game, where these, these little crawl, um, these bugs just crawl around the walls. Yep, the crawlers. Until, yeah, until you get close to them. <laughs> and then they go, they go have a go at you. The massive ones just have a go at you anyway. But yeah. the, the, the the ones that uh, it's really quite, quite funny. So, which means that when I'm running around trying to get away from the other mages, <laughs> <laughs> they're getting the No, go away! I'm trying to kill them. Oh, damn it! Yeah. Um, so and that was that was kind of that was intentional too because originally, like, we didn't want to make so one of the common strategies for early levels is just to run around in circles or to strafe like that. Yeah, we wanted to throw some wrenches into that, so we introduced enemies like the crawler where. They don't just follow you, they do their own thing. Yeah, and I think the bats do that to a degree, don't they? Uh, yep. But uh, if you get close to them, off they go charging after you, and they can be a pain to <laughs> kill. Um, in fact, it's quite embarrassing when you take down a boss or some major creature and the bat bites you and you're dead, like, <laughs> really? <laughs> it happens to the best of us. It does, it does. Um, so, and there are various levels of difficulty in the game, I noticed. Yep, there's <clears throat> five levels. But you unlock the additional ones when you kill certain things? Yep, you, well, you start with the first two, and then after you beat the second difficulty, you unlock the third, and then you unlock the fourth and fifth, and so on. You know. I want to talk about the time challenges now. Okay. Um, there's an extensive leveling up system, because when you do these time challenges, and they happen in certain rooms, and they... You basically touch them, don't you, with your character, and yep. then it kicks it off. You may or may not fail. Nine times out of ten, I actually fail them. Um, uh, I'm just rubbish. I'm like, oh, why is he dead? The escort missions. Why have you put escort missions in this game? But there's yes, only one. There's only one. And like, oh, last time I played it, it was about half an hour before we, we started recording. Like, oh god, really? I did it? I know it's going to happen. He's going to die. Oh look! And it was just this. Tunneling, you know the tunneling creatures that go <laughs> Yeah, just munched away at him. It was horrible. Yeah. 
But um, the other one is just kill the hard monsters. Easy to do that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's the rewards you get from that. They're very unique. I mean, they have different... I mean, they give the player different buffs and additions. Do you want to talk about how you design those? How do they come about? Yeah, that kind of went back to original philosophy and stuff. It's like, we wanted you to customize yourself any way you want to. So when you beat an event room like that, you can upgrade certain stats or you can get certain runes or whatever. And you get to choose how you want your character to progress. It's the same way when you beat a floor. You'll also get certain upgrades and you can choose. Okay. Um, Give me an example of what... Just to give a taster for the listener about what kind of things that they can do to their character. Because it's weird. Sorry. (laughs) So... When you beat an event room or you beat a floor, you can upgrade a stat. So say you want to be faster. You can choose 3% move speed, or you can choose 5% damage, or an extra 5 health. Or you can make your character harder to knock around with spells. There's just so many things. And it's not it doesn't give you a full list. You get to choose from 4, 5. Yes. It's 4, the 5th is a random. 5th like. is random. Any one of those, maybe? Was it any one of the ones on offer, or is it just... Anything. For a random? Yeah. It's any of those with a possible extra bonus. Ooh. I didn't know that. <laughs> I just mean choosing my thing very carefully to make sure it gets through. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I think the customization element is what keeps me drawing me back. Like, what if I match that with this? And Yeah. That's the big thing. It's just this like chemistry set that you just keep on throwing stuff into to see what happens yep and that was I something we, we wanted everybody to feel that way I think the weirdest one is I created a, a cloud of a smoky cloud of death I just I just pressed the right button on my mouse and <laughs> it was just, just enveloped the whole area with with this death cloud and like that's good this, this is my paladin like okay we'll just carry on doing that makes no sense for a paladin to do that just carry on doing that Hey, he's a, he's a neutral, neutral paladin, right? He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care. Which means he's not a paladin. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, the game is out on PC. Is it Windows PC only? Yes. Okay. Because I do get yelled at when I say, oh, PC. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, oh, sorry, Windows PC. Windows. Yeah, and it plays mouse and keyboard, just to be clear. Yep. Uh, I don't think it would work with the controller. The way that's that's up. something we've been working on is that it's a common request is to get it to work with a controller and we want it to but just the targeting system we're still trying to figure out how to do that how we yeah. how it would function well I think Magicka does it okay um, with a controller might want yeah. to look at that for inspiration <laughs> but hey I don't want to tell you your job but uh, <laughs> that's that's I mean I do have a 360 controller plugged into my PC I'm looking at it right now um, I'm actually playing Wolfenstein with it I know I could do a mouse keyboard no 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 controller much easier um, so anyway it's out on the 2nd of September yes and you're, you're publishing through Mastertronic how did that come about by the way did they approach you or they actually approached us when we re- I think it was when we released our first big public trailer okay they approached us after that it went swimmingly from there Yep, it's been a pleasure working with them. 
They're very old. Did you hear of them before? Have you ever heard of them before? Yep, I I knew the name when they contacted. I was very surprised. I was like, Mastertronic, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've, they've been around for thousands of years. All right, maybe a lot. <laughs> but they used to make little indie games for, they used to sell them for two pounds a pop um, back in the early days in, in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, I mean, I mean, I remember as a child buying those. So uh, seeing their name still knocking about fills me full of joy. <laughs> and I think they've actually gone full circle now, actually supporting it. Because they, did, they didn't realize at the time, because concept of indie developers didn't exist in 1983. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were generally bedroom coders, so to speak. And they would send them the game and they would just publish it on, the, on their behalf. Yeah. And they're doing it again. So you're benefiting from this full circle thing. So <laughs> it has been lovely talking to you both. Thank you so much for sharing your time and telling us about Runas. Is a terrific game. Go, go get it. Um, how much is it? It's um, it'll it will be ten dollars, and the first week there's a twenty five percent discount. Ooh, okay. And can you get it directly from yourselves as well, or is it only on Steam? Or? It will be a bunch of other places. I cannot rattle them off right now. I'm thinking it'll be on Amazon, Good Old Games, the standard stuff. I think. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I do wish you the very best of luck with it. Um, I'm having a terrific time with it, and uh, that's why I put it on the show, because I only bring people on the show for games that I truly believe in, and uh, Runes is one of them. And I only only knew about it because one of my, you know, peers just linked me to it on Twitter and said, Chris, you should play this. (laughs) This is you. (laughs) Well, we're happy to hear you're liking it. Thanks for having us on. I mean, it's always a pleasure to hear when somebody is playing the game, loves it, wants to talk to us about it. We enjoy that. Okay, well... Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. Just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan. No apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer listen to the show want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye